guys, this is Desi. Welcome back to my podcast, Candle in a Dark Room. Today, we are going to do a little bit different than we normally do. I'm Instead of continuing with my story, I'm going to take a break. And I actually have a couple of friends here. And I kind of just want to talk about kind of a little bit of lighter subjects than sexual child abuse. Um, kind of want to talk about just being a mom, how we, you know, as moms, single moms, entrepreneur moms, working moms, just kind of how we all do it on a day-to-day basis. Because being a mom is hard work and it's a total job itself. And so when you're trying to do multiple things, I think it definitely can get overwhelming. So I'm gonna have my friends introduce themselves and then we will just kind of go from there. We're gonna start with my friend Tamika. Tamika, welcome to my podcast. So that you introduce yourself. So my name's Tamika. I am a mother of two boys. My oldest is eight and my youngest is six. Um, I know Desi through our moms. They grew up together, went to high school together, and we've just kind of known each other throughout the years. I was a single mom for about, say, like six, seven years. So I have a little of experience with that and dealing with the craziness of what comes with that. Um, Okay, awesome. Thank you. Um, And then this is Bethany. Hi guys, it's Bethany. Um, I have a almost two-year-old, so I'm in that fun toddler stage. And I actually know Desi. She is my sister. And sisters. (laughs) All right. And then now Riley. Hi guys, this is Riley. I know Desi from close friends, Tamika. And I'm currently pregnant with a baby boy. Awesome. All right, well, Tamika, do you want to start off by kind of just giving us a little bit of your background as a mom and kind of how you did things as a single mom? I was a young mom, kind of, I guess. I had my first son at 19. Um, Me and my boyfriend were together at the time on and off, so it was a little confusing trying to figure that out and trying to figure out if we wanted to still be together or not and having a kid and throwing a kid in the mix just does not help at all. Um, it kind of makes it 20 times harder, I feel And I like. think a lot of people at a young age yeah. think the opposite. Oh, well, if I if we get married and have a baby, it's going to kind of fix no. our issues and hold each other down. Absolutely. And that I feel like that's the exact opposite is actually like what's reality because when you're trying to figure out your feelings about someone they're trying to figure out their feelings and you try to figure out all of that together and then you have to think about another human life coming into the world like it's not easy and it's not a fixer for anything honestly when you were pregnant were you stressed like how it was going to turn out yep um stressed on how i was even going to have a baby stressed on how things were going to turn out between me and my boyfriend at the time and everything in between financial stuff Mm -hmm. just everything and actually i think that's why he was born he was, uh, he was born at 34 weeks, so he was really early. And I think it had to do with stress because of everything going on, and then I got my purse stolen out of my car the day before I went into labor, and so oh, I was wow. just in a whirl of emotions, so I think that had a lot to do with it. But. Uh, how was your parents' reaction, and how were you, were you scared to tell them? Oh, I was terrified. I actually moved out of my house before I told them, because I just didn't even want to deal with how they were gonna react because I knew how upset they would be. When I finally did tell them, it was over the phone and they were like, we already knew. And I was like, cool. <laughs> Wish you would have said something that we wouldn't yeah. have had this conversation. And I wouldn't have moved out. <laughs> yeah, I would have been there and it would have been fine, but it just worked out the way it worked out and it's fine, but it was really scary. To did you move out on your own then? Yeah, in my own apartment. It was miserable because I was already a hot mess and then to be living by myself and dealing with pregnancy and all the hormones that come along with that, at the same time was insane like looking back I literally 
cried like every night, like just miserable. It Were you really with bad. your boyfriend at the time? Yes and no. It was a really complicated situation where we were kind of trying to work things out, but then not, and just, it was a mess, so not really. I'd say no. When you found out you were pregnant, were you by yourself? Was he with you? Kind of how was your reaction when you found out you were pregnant? I was by myself, so I had really any symptoms. I was just really tired. Like, I'd come home from work at, like, 6 o'clock and sleep until the morning. Like, just exhausted. Yeah. Uh So no really, like, signs of being pregnant or side effects or whatever. What made you take the test? So I had just, like, looked at myself in the mirror one day and, like, sucking in was kind of awkward to me, I guess. Because I, like, noticed I was maybe gaining some weight a little Mm -hmm. bit. I had actually lost weight at first, and I was like, oh, cool. Like, But you weren't sick or anything? No, not sick, not throwing up, nothing. And so one day I kind of looked at myself in the mirror, and I was like, why do I look so round? Like, this is kind of weird. It wasn't big, but it was just... Not me, like kind of like a pooch or like yeah. A little, well, yeah. I was in cheer all through high school, so I was really fit for yeah. a very long time, and then all of a sudden it was just it was different, and so I just decided to take a test, and it was positive, and I was like, oh. How far along were you? I think I was like three months along. Oh wow. I was far. Yeah, it was far, and he had so he had left to college. Oh, your boyfriend. And then yeah, so he was at college when I found out, and mm-hmm. so I had to call him and tell him, and that was. Stressful because he's there on a football scholarship, and then it was like, do you come home? Do you stay? Yeah, it was so stressful and just yeah, it's kind of like my sister-in-law. Yeah, that's she's exactly tell her how mine was. Too. Yeah, well, similar. Yeah. yeah. So when you told him over the phone, what was his reaction? He's like, we're not ready for a kid. I'm like, obviously. <laughs> what did he like have okay. expectations of like what to do? Did he did he ever say like, oh, we'll figure it out, or was it kind of just like oh, it was just kind of like now. I don't know what to do. And I don't know where to go. And I so was just figure out a mess and emotional. And so I just was like, I don't know either. And he had come up. He was either there that same day or the next day, I think he came up. And I was like, I have to get an apartment. Like, I have to get out of here. My parents are going to find out and they're going to kick me out anyways. And I just kind of thought the worst, which they would mm-hmm. have never done that. But, and I kind of wish I would have just been, like, had enough courage to just tell them there, and I would have saved myself a lot of, like, financial issues and a lot of stress and yeah. emotion and mm-hmm. feeling like I was alone when I really didn't have to be alone, so. Right. Just um, kind of that panic mode. Yeah, because you just don't know what too. next. Like, he's at college, the last thing you want to do is be like, nope, you're moving home, and you're going to stay here, and we're going to raise a kid, and you're going to get a job. Like, right. he's following his football dreams. The last thing I wanted to do was, like, crush him right there. Yeah. And that's exactly how I felt, too. Yeah. Huh. Okay, um, Bethany, you want to go from there since you guys kind of have a similar situation? Um, yeah, so me and my husband, we had been dating or known each other since we were just turned 17. And then our senior year, he got a football scholarship and we were really conflicted on what to do. We actually broke up for like a week and a half, two weeks. Not, not sure. Yeah, <laughs> not long at all. And then we got back together. We decided we were going to do this together, and we moved all the way to Iowa together. Um, we moved there, like in the middle of in nowhere. The middle, in the <laughs> middle of nowhere. All you could see is corn from <laughs> like everywhere. Did you learn how to make cornbread? Like that's the no, most important question. No, I didn't. Well, then that was pointless. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was. A journey itself and we moved there the end of June and then I found out I was pregnant in October <laughs> I think it was and I was already 
like seven weeks pregnant, just barely seven weeks. And I was really scared to tell my parents, and he was very scared to tell his mom and siblings. And Which we should say why, because my other brother, who's the second oldest, had done the same thing, but he was still in high school. So he had my nephew when he was... 17 and the girlfriend had just turned 16 and they weren't even boyfriend or girlfriend they were just kind of like together for a couple weeks one of those things so I think my brother was kind of in the oh crap my family's gonna kill me because I should have kind of known better and he was the first one to go to college too right he'd had a lot of pressure on him and he didn't want to be a disappointment to anyone yeah so the first person we told was actually Desi well, I told my mom first. It was actually at a party <laughs> over there. And then we told Desi the next day. I took a test at the party. Didn't even realize it was positive. I was like, oh, it's not positive and ran out. And I was like, yes, yeah, so excited. And then Caden's like, did you even wait? And I was like, no. So I then didn't know we you went. had to wait. I thought it was instant. Yeah, I thought it was instant. So I went back into the bathroom and there it was, positive. So then I went to the... Uh, store again and I got another one sure enough that one was positive too you always have to do more than one and so then, you just want that reach, yep, right? so then we, you're like, trying like the $20 brand <laughs> yeah. and then like the dollar <laughs> store brand yep. let's make no, sure they're all each accurate. time I got a more expensive one because I was like I don't believe and I this heard the dollar store ones are the best like yeah. that's just what I've heard and so. so then once we found out we had our all of our really close friends from high school and we just all kind of just cried in the bathroom of happiness everyone was so excited for us but we were terrified but we were crying, so like, happy terrified. yeah we were happy and i don't know it was just a oh, lot of feelings amazing. yeah so then we stayed there for a little bit while a little bit longer and then i got super sick and i just couldn't get up i couldn't go to work because i had work i had worked at a bank over there I was throwing up all the time. I was super sick. And then I just decided I needed to be where my family was. So I moved back. And then he finished the semester or the end of the year there. Yeah, so you came back before he did, huh? Yep, and that was really hard because... How long was he out there? I don't remember how long. Um, like three months, I think. Without you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was really scary just because he's all the way over there and I'm all the way over here and he's in college and I'm, <laughs> I have his baby over here. Yeah. We yeah. just really had to trust each other. Yeah, which is and hard it was happen. hard because we were the first people in our school, in our small private school that had gotten pregnant, and we had a lot of hate come toward us. Mm-hmm. We got I got a lot of like hate messages on Twitter and wow. Instagram. People were just saying, just so rude. Like I, it literally makes me so sad about what people said about us and about my baby, and it just makes me so sad. Um, but. Yeah, it was really hard. Were these people that you knew that were saying those It was things? people from high school, wow. people wow. from his old high school, people from just everywhere. Mm. Friends of friends. Like, I don't even know who you are and you're messaging me. It was just oh, really, really hard. Yeah. Just strangers and stuff. Um, how was your parents' reaction, like, how when you told them what kind of happened? And even um, when you told us. I told happened. my mom first, and she was really excited. She was She was excited. And then my dad was the last person we told, and... We FaceTimed him, and he was actually really understanding. Like, I thought he was going to be so mad because he's a very old-school Hispanic dad, like, very conservative, and he was very understanding, and he honestly just started crying, and he was so excited. 
So that did not go how I thought it was. I thought they were going to kick me out. <laughs> yeah, like Tamika said, I think yeah, in that I thought state. the worst. Yeah. yeah, they were all very loving, accepting, just wanted me to realize that my life was going to change and that I had to grow up. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I think that was the biggest thing that I told you guys when you told me was like, you know, it can be a super exciting thing, but especially young parents think, oh, well, it's fine. I'll just have like a kid and I'll just continue my life and yeah. just. But your life is completely 100% but different. But it's a, also a good thing because you realize, like, I don't even remember what life was like before right. I had mm-hmm. my son. Your selfishness is all gone. At all that gone. And you just have, like, a whole place in your heart full of love that you, you never have. It's like, so it's a true. totally different kind of love. Like, even, I mean, I love my husband, but I really love my <laughs> yeah. son. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different it's kind of totally love. totally different. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, when you guys you know, first found out, did you guys think about, like, marriage right away or, like, any of that stuff? Or was um, you so kind of just taking it by day I by I didn't know he was already planning to propose to me. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, but I was just – I honestly had no idea. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I know, I've know, i always known I wanted to end up with him. I just didn't know if this was going to be right the end or, you know. But yeah. I knew that he – just because of his past, he was just like, nope, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to be there for him. Mm-hmm. I want to be everything that I never had. Right. So that's what he was. Yeah. Really. Just when you're pregnant young, it's just, it brings up so many different feelings and emotions mm-hmm. and your anxiety kicks in 100%. Oh, yeah. You, you start do. thinking about every little thing that could go wrong. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, and I always think like, like, thank God that you guys had that support system. You have oh, yeah. the parents. I'm and the so thankful. I'm so thankful for yeah. like, the support. Because I mean, I hear about people all the time that get pregnant and have nobody, and they're kind of are just figuring it out. And yeah, I mean, and that's rough. I can't even. I couldn't even imagine how that would feel. So well, thank you. And I think we're gonna um, now. We'll go to Riley. Riley is pregnant with her baby boy. Riley, do you kind of want to give us a background of kind of what's happening? Yeah, so I actually had a stillborn baby last year, so I was like, this is like a fear to be, get pregnant. And so we actually went out drinking one night, <laughs> Tamika and I, and we had the worst night of our life. Like, anything that could go wrong went wrong. Like, we came home at like 10 p.m. because <laughs> we were so, I was so sick. Yeah. And Tamika I was, was so sick. So sick. And I was like, Tamika, like, I think I'm pregnant. Like, I took one shot and I was, like, throwing up. Yeah. I was like, I think that, like, I'm pregnant. And so she was like, "Mm, well, maybe we can just, like, wait and maybe we'll just, like, find out. Probably not. Oh, yeah. She kept saying, probably not. You're fine. (laughs) I was like, I really think I am. She's like, no, it's fine. Why did you think you were other than, like, that sickness that night? Did you have any other symptoms, like, throughout the week before that or anything? I just didn't feel like myself, really. I just felt kind of exhausted, but... She's like, something's weird. Yeah. yeah. And I was like... Familiar, I maybe? Yeah, probably, yeah. you have with your other baby? Okay. About that. Yeah. And so, this pregnancy is actually really similar to my last pregnancy, because my last pregnancy, like, I didn't have any sickness. Like, I've had, like, lower energy, but I still feel, like, pretty good for the most part, so super nice. A few days went past, and I was with my cousin. I was like, can we stop at this store? Because, like, I think I'm pregnant. She was like, oh, my God. No, you're not. So we go to the store and I got some pregnancy tests and I came home and I took them and it was broken. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Literally, the lines didn't show up at all on one of them. And one of them, both the lines showed up. So I called Tamika. I'm like freaking out. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm going to pass out. Like, I think I'm pregnant. She's like... No, you sent me a text <laughs> of the pregnancy test and she says, BRB, dying. <laughs> oh, like, man. What? 
Yeah. That's awesome. And she's like, what's wrong with it? I was like, well, one of them's broken. And she's like, we were going to a friend's house for a football party or something. So she's like, I'll just pick some pregnancy tests up, mm-hmm. and then you can take some at the uh, party. At the party. So we went, and like she them. got the digital ones. I was at ones. a football party, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she got the digital ones because I just had taken the ones, the cheap ones. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, this is probably not even true anyways. And... We go up to the bathroom and it said pregnant, so I just sat there like cried in Tanika's arms. So kind of, I mean, you had already went through it. Were you single at the time? Were you with kind of dating the guy, or how was that? So it was kind of like on and off. Like we dated for a little bit, and then we weren't dating, but we were still hanging out and stuff. Okay. we weren't together, but yeah, we were at his house yeah. for his football party when it happened. Oh, yeah. So he kind of already had an idea. So I texted him and I was like, oh, I just want to talk to you when you get home. And he's like, Are you pregnant? I was like, Oh well, wow. <laughs> oh no. So he knew. Yeah. So kind of having that, you know, I mean, obviously, I mean, I can't. I've had seven miscarriages, and you know, I've had an ectopic pregnancy, so I totally feel like I can relate in that aspect. But I've never had a stillbirth. So that is something that, I mean, I can't even imagine. Like, that goes from my situation with miscarriages to 10 times worse. So how did you kind of deal with that? I mean, I would assume PTSD type stuff with that. Yeah. How did you deal with that, like, when you found out you are pregnant? Um, I just went through a lot of fear, like, and I still kind of to this day, like, because I was seven months along when I lost my baby. So um five months 23 weeks oh, so you were seven months along and you don't know what caused it or anything this so time. I went into premature labor which was actually a pretty good thing because the baby had um, died of meconium so he oh. swallowed his own feces in the womb oh. and so when I went in there like they didn't know at first and then they yeah told me but at that point like when they told me, I just, like, blacked out. Like, I don't really remember mm-hmm. anything yeah, that that's happened. that's why I say that PTSD, I'm sure, like... So true. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, like, nervous because, I mean, I was seven months along, so, like, anything can happen, but right. I just have to keep in my mind that... Keep it's that a one-time thing, and yeah. so hopefully it's very everything... Rare yeah, happens. and it's, yeah, it's super rare, and, I mean, it's one of those situations where you just have to... Try to your best to look at just the positive exactly. right now to get you through this time. Yeah. And I know, like I said, every time I'd get pregnant, I'd be like super excited. But yeah, I in that thought in my head, I was like, right. no, don't don't get excited, Desi, exactly. because you never know. You know what I mean? And so then when I finally got pregnant, yeah, I mean, it's kind of it takes you a while to get excited because you've had this heartbreak. Yeah. So I'm sure you've had that kind of every day. Not really. I feel like maybe you can you do you think that you're fully like aware and excited and there, or do you think you kind of have arms like kind of a little bit of a wall up so I'm like fully excited but at the same time I do have like that fear I think it will always be there until the baby is here just like knowing that he's here because I still think about it every day like this could go wrong but then like you can't live your life you can't know exactly I just try my hardest to stay positive like sorry with me I was the whole time I was like I'm gonna have an epidural it's gonna be great I'm gonna have vaginal birth but in the back of my mind, I was like, something's going to wrong, go wrong. I know I'm going to have to have a C-section. Wow. Like, I knew. Like, in the back of my mind, I, like, knew it. And then, sure enough, he wouldn't go past my pubic bone. So then I had to have an emergency section because yeah. his oh heart gosh. rate is dropping. We oh. sat there for six I pushed for six hours. Oh. So but I, I thought I was bad. I pushed for four, and yeah. I was, like, dying. Yeah. And so, yeah, she pushed so for So I six had to and... have a double recovery from 
there and myself. Oh my so. gosh. Yeah, wow. it was intense. But and I was just there, like stay positive because that stuff, I honestly believe like what you think, like that stuff really does like. Yeah, yeah it definitely goes out over. into the but, world. Yeah, yeah for sure. so powerful. So mm-hmm. yeah, like trying to, and I don't think we can even not think those certain things. Yep. No, exactly. But right. I don't know if it's you guys, but like as a mom, I feel like you automatically are like something bad. Oh, yes. all the time. Oh, yeah. I think like with my PTSD, like it's my automatic thought all the time is the worst yeah. the worst like I can't find my because my son rides his bike in the front yard and I sit out there but I he disappears around the corner for two seconds and my automatic thought is oh my gosh somebody took him he's in someone's basement yeah. doing god knows what like yeah. what's happening and I panic like my husband literally has like looked at me in shock of like are you really gonna go there and like he's been gone for like 35 seconds you know what I mean yeah but, but still, it's an automatic yeah. reaction of like right. oh what you're right like why and then Cruz comes around the corner and I'm like okay that was probably dramatic but like it automatically just happens and I think as a mom too you're already kind of have that anxiety anyway as a mom Mm -hmm. so then when something like that you know traumatic happens it just when any type of traumatic thing happens I think Mm -hmm. it definitely just makes your um radar way more like reactive than other people you know so now that you you know are pregnant things like that you are you gonna be a single mom are you still kind of how's that yeah I'm gonna be a single mom I'm gonna co-parent Okay, so, so he wants to be involved. Yeah, he's okay. gonna be involved. Great. So how do you feel about that kind of being a single parent? It's and seeing hard. Tamika do it. So I mean, you kind of saw her go through it. Mostly. Yeah, she's like a superhero. So <laughs> I, didn't say that. I can I look up to her a lot because she was a su- single mom for a long time. Yeah. So if I have any questions or anything, <laughs> I know I can go to her and she'll help me for yeah. anything. Yeah. And how's your family? My family's super supportive. Okay, good. Yeah, I actually just moved back into my parents' house so they can help me when the baby comes because my dad actually lives in Texas, so he's going to be around, but just... Kind of long distance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I know. I watch people like Tamika and... You know, I have a couple other friends that are single moms, and it blows my mind. Like... Mm -hmm. I don't know how you guys do it. Like, I really don't. Yeah, it blows my mind. Like I said, I mean, um, I have two kids. I have a four-year-old and a six-year-old, and... I had them at, oh my gosh, I don't know how old it was. When I had my son, I think I was 24, 25, something like that. I'm not sure. I'm not good at math, but um, <laughs> something like that. I was in my mid-20s, but my husband and I, like I said, had been trying for so for so long. For so, like, at least we started trying since I was, like, 20. Wow. Because our first miscarriage um, was when I was probably, I think I was, like, 18. So we knew at the time we weren't ready. He's five years older than me, which kind of helps. But at the time, I knew we weren't ready, but I still really just wanted to be a parent. Like, you know how most people, you know, not most people, but some people you talk to and they're like, I'm not really sure if kids are my thing or whatever. Or you talk to other parents that are like me. And like, I just always knew I wanted to be a parent. Like, I just always did. And I don't know if it was because of kind of like my past and things like that. Like, I wanted so bad to create that life that I always wanted. And so I worked really hard and talked to my husband. We sought doctors. We did, you know, we did everything that we could to do to kind of start this family. And it just wasn't working. Um, For years, it just was heartbreak after heartbreak. I wouldn't get pregnant or I would get pregnant and I would miscarry. And I just remember like every time kind of when I would see, you know, that, that blood or I would just get that feeling or I'd get those cramps or something like that just losing like a part of my soul like I don't even know how to explain that that feeling and just feeling so discouraged with life and I think at that time is when my 
um, depression, I think really kind of mm. came back in because I kind of just wanted to give up. I was like, if I can't be a mom and I can't do this, then what, if I'm not doing anything else with my past, what am I here for? Like that was right. kind of mm-hmm. one of my things is if I can't be a mom, then why, have, why has God kept me around this long? So it was really hard for me to kind of comprehend and I just really struggled. Um, my last one was an ectopic pregnancy. Um, I was at the house and I, I'm trying to remember, I think I would barely found out I was pregnant a couple weeks before or not even a couple weeks, like a few days prior. And my cousin and my brother were at my house and we were all just hanging out. And all of a sudden I started getting like super bad cramps and, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I didn't know I was pregnant yet. We had tried before and then I got a negative and I didn't know I was pregnant. So my cousin and my brother came over and we were hanging out and all of a sudden I started getting this super sharp pain on the right side of my stomach. And honestly, because I had had those miscarriages, I didn't think I was pregnant. Mm. I kind of was just like, oh, it's so weird. Maybe just like from the miscarriages, I'm still having a little bit of reaction and like, you know, because sometimes you cramp for a while after. I I remember I got in the bath and I was laying in the bathtub and the pain just became excruciating. Mm. And I was like, what the heck is wrong? So I called my husband in and he actually um, was in the living room. He came rushing in and I remember he kind of automatically kind of knew, like, we need to take you to the hospital. Yeah. Well, I don't know what's going on, but we need to take you to the hospital. And so I got up, we went to the hospital. It was probably like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And we get there. Um, the doctors did uh, ultrasound, didn't see anything. Um, I can't remember, they did a bunch of other tests and stuff, and everything came out fine. They ended up taking some blood work, but they were like, well, if we have an infection or anything, we'll call you, so just go home and get some rest. Um, we left the hospital probably around like two o'clock in the morning, something like that. And we got home and next thing I know, my, i literally had just laid down. Like I said, I was still in pain. They gave me pain medicine, but I still was super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was laying there and all of a sudden my phone starts blowing up again. It's like two 30 in the morning. And I finally, finally answer after like the third call thinking it was like one of my siblings, you know, calling for emergency or something. And it's the doctor from the hospital. And he's like, hey, I need you to get back to the hospital right away. We think that you're pregnant and you, you have a tubical pregnancy oh is gosh. what he said. Yeah. And I've never heard of a tubical pregnancy. I had no idea what that was. And I was like, oh, so I'm pregnant. And he's like, yeah, you need to get here right away. We're going to have to do emergency surgery. Again, totally not thinking like it's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. I remember telling Nick like, oh, we need to go back to the hospital. I guess I'm, they, they said I'm pregnant and it's, it's like stuck in the tube and now they need to remove it. And then I don't know if I'm like was super naive or I just had no yeah like no idea idea of like what was happening, but I literally was like was like oh well we're gonna go in they're gonna you know do a little surgery put the baby in the right part of my stomach it's supposed to be in <laughs> yeah and then everything's gonna be fine and um yeah it was not like that so we get to the hospital and literally it was like chaos the doctors were like oh my gosh come back here nurses are kind of running around they are they're like we need to prep you for surgery so kind of start freaking me out. Um, they tell my husband, hey, if she has any family, like, you probably want to just, like, notify him. This is kind of like a, you know, this is a big surgery. I don't know. Like, again, I was not panicked until then. The surgical doctor walked in. Dude had just gotten out of bed because I remember he had long hair. <laughs> and he was wearing, trying to put on his gloves. And I remember his hair was, like, sticking straight up. Like, he had just woken up. I don't know if he was sleeping at the hospital, like, on call or what. But he had just woken up. And, yeah, so I just remember them being, like, we're going to give you anesthesia. You're going to go to sleep and blah, blah, blah. 
First time I had ever been put to sleep, mind you. Like, I've never been put to sleep before. And so I'm kind of panicked, but I'm just like, okay, it's going to be fine. Um, my mom actually lived in, I think she lived in Texas at the time. Mm-hmm. And so she wasn't even here. Um, we called my dad. I called her in Texas, and it was like 5 o'clock in the morning over there. And she was, of course, panicking. And I called my dad and my stepmom, and I called my aunt and uncle also. And I was like, hey, I'm not exactly sure what's happening, but it seems like a big deal. You guys probably should come to the hospital. So next thing I know, you know, like I said, they put me to sleep. Um, I remember waking up and being rolled out into the, like, the room where they were all in. And they all were kind of sitting there. And I could tell they were really sad, but, like, they were trying not to do that in front of me. But I could tell something was off. But I was so drugged up still. But I remember that very specifically, right. which is kind of weird. But I remember looking at Nick, and I was like, did they put the baby where it's supposed to be? And sorry, I'm going to cry because it just makes me sad. But um, I said, did they put the baby where it's supposed to be? And he just kind of looked at me, and I remember he, like, put his hand on my hand, and he was just like, "They no, like, they, they couldn't save him. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we actually had to remove your whole tube. Um, you had a cyst the size of a golf ball, and your whole right side tube had completely burst. So I was bleeding internally. So that's why I didn't know I was pregnant because I was bleeding. I thought I was on my period. Oh, my God. I was bleeding internally, my whole tube. So they're like, you literally have lost so much blood. If you would have waited another 24 hours, you would have just basically died from internal bleeding. Um, So super crazy. Like, it just – I just remember, like I said, I was drugged up, but I just remember being devastated. Like, that was kind of just my last – my last straw. Like, I was just like, well, that's it. Like, I'm done. Like, I'm not going to ever be able to have a kid. I only have one tube now. Like, that's it. Um, I have still, still the scar on my belly button. I mean, it's pretty noticeable. And yeah, I just remember being just, like I said, devastated for a really long time. And I think, I'm not really sure about the timeline, but I'm not, I'm pretty sure it wasn't long after that. It was maybe about a year, a year, maybe two years, um, where I found out I was pregnant with my son. Again, when after that, ectopic pregnancy I was like really depressed and I was really struggling and that I'm I'm not gonna lie you know my eating disorder kind of came back up again and I was kind of just coping in not healthy ways I was you know binge and purging I was just like not in a good state of mind like me and Nick weren't getting along very well just kind of one of those things where I was basically self-sabotaging because I was so frustrated with life Mm. and kind of just felt hopeless um and I just remember I can't remember why I took a pregnancy test or what the reason was and kind of how that happened but I remember getting that pregnancy test and again not really being excited because I was like here we go again like how I mean I got pregnant with one two but let's see how long this lasts and oh actually what also happened is after that the doctor had me start taking baby aspirin which is super interesting but I guess it gives you um some type of like vitamin that a lot of people who have a hard time conceiving if they take this baby aspirin, it gives them whatever they, they, you're, you're lacking. So I took one a day. I I honestly remember I was only I was on that for less than a month until I got pregnant with Cruz and it kept. So basically, what would happen was I'd get pregnant, but the eggs like it wouldn't stick. Mm-hmm. It would be pregnant for a while and then something would happen and it would kind of just like it wouldn't ever stick to my uterus and all that stuff. So I took the baby aspirin and. Yeah, I found out I was pregnant with my son, and I was kind of hesitant and to get excited. But eventually, once I got past that first trimester, I was over the moon. Um, That's 
how I so, felt too. Yeah. Because like, I had bled a little bit my first trimester. Yeah. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Yes. And I was so, I do remember that. And that was so scary. Was and like so being feared that you were going to lose him. Yeah, I do remember that. And, um, but yeah, so with, with Cruz, I just, I was so sick. Like I was so sick like her. Mm-hmm. I, w- I threw up until I was 26 weeks. Like oh nonstop. Gosh. Like I That's was, how I was miserably too. sick. <laughs> and like Jeez. lost, like I was my skinniest I'd ever been. Oh, yeah. And here I am, I pregnant. Was, like, yeah. it was not good. I was pregnant, and I had lost 15 pounds. Yeah. And I don't even remember how much I lost. I, I just remember I being like... <laughs> <laughs> You're growing a healthy baby. No, I, I got, I got okay. like, double back. <laughs> yeah, that I was going to say. I tripled it in yeah. my ass. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, I like I said, once I got past that first trimester, everything was okay, and I felt a lot more excited. And, you know, just that feeling after I had him, again, though, because of that... PTSD inside of me. I always like when he was a baby. I would not put him in his room. I was like, mm-hmm. he's not gonna wake up. I'm gonna end up losing him from SIDS. I'm gonna end up losing him. It was just so. It was one of those things. But I wouldn't say it out loud. It was just like in the back of my head yeah. of that mm-hmm. fear. Um, he got croup really bad, and Nick, my husband, actually had worked out of town a lot at the time, and so he was out of town one day, and he was only six pounds, like four ounces. So he was a teeny little guy, mm-hmm. and again, I don't know how, but he can would not come out like. I pushed for four hours. They oh they just kept saying that he was turtling. Like, his, you'd see like, his nope. full head of hair, <laughs> and then he'd go back in. Full head of hair, then he'd go back in. And then, like, again, right. yeah, he was not, no. He was trying, I mean, if I if you meet him now, you totally get it, because that's just how he is. But um, he likes to, you know, make things harder and tricky. <laughs> he just thinks it's funny. Um so, yeah, I remember my mom was on the phone. She was still lived in Texas. And, oh, no, I'm sorry. She moved back, but she ended up having to go to Orlando for work. Mm. And it happened to be that same week that I had to be induced because I'm type 1 diabetic. And so I couldn't go past 38 weeks. Um, so I ended up ha- being induced at 38 weeks. And um, I pushed for four hours. Finally, they ended up cutting me. And he came out. Um, luckily, I had my aunt there and my set, my um, cousin, and then my stepmom and dad were like all out waiting in the waiting room. Um, so yeah, so it was just kind of a crazy story, kind of how we became parents, like with one tube. Like it just it was not. I honestly say that my kids are miracle babies because I did not think I was gonna have them. Right. Doctors like basically told me like you would just need to kind of come up with other things that you'd want to do. Surrogacy. Funny thing is, I had talked to my cousin, literally like maybe a month or less about being a surrogate for us. Like, wow. not very long. And then we found out we were pregnant. So it's super crazy. Um, and so, yeah, so we, you know, had crews and we ended up moving and getting a place. And um, we were about to buy our first house. And, again, like, did, I honestly was kind of thinking, I'm going to have one kid, but I'm going to be grateful for my one kid because mm-hmm. I'm lucky to have him. And I, but I didn't take birth control or anything because I honestly was kind of just like, I'm, I'm good. I'm in the safe zone, you know, mm-hmm. it took me too long. Like I'm, I doubt I'm going to get pregnant again. Right. So we're living with my mom at the time and cause our house is, we're about to buy our new house and literally you guys, the one time, the one time we had sex, one time probably <laughs> in that whole freaking couple months we lived there because we didn't have privacy. Oh, I l- came home from the grocery store and I had a cruise and I put him down and I don't even know why. It's like you said, it was just kind of that mother instinct that mm-hmm. popped in my head of like, yeah. I'm going to take a pregnancy test. Like, I just 
For what me, the heck? For me, my boobs hurt so bad. Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> what like happened. I don't even remember. Mine too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my husband, he had brushed against me, and then I, it like, oh, I, I it was like if I got stabbed. I was like, oh, <laughs> I fell to my knees because it hurt so yes. bad. Yeah, no, I, I don't know if it was like that or if I was starting to get nauseous. I don't mm. really remember. Um, But I took a pregnancy test, and I remember I took it in the downstairs, like, guest bathroom. Like, right when I brought my groceries in. So, I had to put them away. I hurried, did the test, put it down, and went and started putting groceries away. Like, I forgot because, like, you know, I was putting groceries away yeah. and doing baby stuff and taking care of crews. He was not even two yet. Oh, wow. And um, all of a sudden, I go to the bathroom, and I look, and I was like, oh! And I just remember, like, literally taking my breath away, like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> what am I, like, my, what, what? you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I couldn't even talk. Speechless. Yes, like, literally Speechless. And I, Nick was on his way home and I was like freaking out. I was like, how am I going to tell him? Like, what am I going to do? Like, I can't, I cannot hold secrets. I mean, at all. And yeah. (laughs) So I was like, I have to tell him like now, like I got to tell him like right this second, like I'm dying. So he luckily got home shortly after and I put the, I I know it wasn't very creative, but I put the (laughs) test in the oven, which now that I think about it, it's kind of gross, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I put the test in the oven and I was like, oh, hey, get dinner out for me really quick. It's. It's Bernie. And he was like, oh, what? And so he goes and he opens it and he goes, what? Are you serious? Like, he was just super shocked. I think, you know, after we found out that we were we were having another baby, we were so excited. And at that point, I don't think I was – I don't feel like I was really scared um, like I was when I was, you know, Especially getting pregnant with Especially you already Cruise. had one. Yeah. I was like, okay, like, I think we're good. But, again, I'm type 1 diabetic. Like, I've always had super weird health issues. So I just – you know, it was a little bit of a fear, but definitely not as bad as it was with my first. So yeah, so we ended up getting our first house. And I mean, once I found out I was having a girl, things changed a little bit. Mm. I think because of my of my story and my past, mm. it brought up different feelings than I, it did with my son. Right. Um, I was over the moon because I always wanted a girl. And actually, when I found out I was having a boy, I, like, made them check, like, three times. Because, are you sure? Because I really feel like it's a girl. I'm like, no, it's a boy. Like, you can see it's a boy. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I – but I think in the back of my head, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, how am I going to protect her? Like, how am I going to protect her from the things that I wasn't protected from? And not because I wasn't loved, but because it was not noticeable. You know what I mean? And so, from the beginning, I just always have been like, no, I'm going to do whatever – I can to protect my kids Mm -hmm. and I know all parents say that but for me it's just an extra in the back of my head so what are your tips on that I guess and kind of preventing or telling your kids scary things that happen but not exactly like you know getting into detail about yeah what happens especially with what your story is like yeah I think with with Cruz I'm more open with my daughter Presley she's a little bit young she's four mm-hmm. she's has a little bit harder time understanding it mm-hmm. but my son's kind of getting that age where he kind of gets it so his thing is I always tell him like if I can't see you and I'm not with you that I can't protect you so you have to like protect yourself mm-hmm. or you have to know like when to tell me things um it's kind of a thing in our house like they know like we don't do sleepovers you know. Um, there's a couple people in my, in my life that I will, and I will let them have a sleepover at my mom's. Um, there's a couple people in my life that I'm okay with, and not because I don't trust other people, but just, and it's not because I don't trust my family members, anything like that. 
It's just one of those situations where I don't ever want to even, like, have that in the back of my yeah, head. Yeah, like, why not? I don't, like, yeah. Just don't even go there. Yeah, exactly. Like, avoid it if you can. Like, why even put yourself in that situation? Mm-hmm. So, my kids know, you know, we don't do sleepovers and it is what it is. Um, I've been very clear with my son that there are bad people in this world. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that we can do about those people. You have to be honest. Exactly. Yeah. And I let him know, like, and I, I've told him, I've never told him details, obviously he's too young, but I've told him, you know, when mommy was younger, I was hurt and I can't, that's why I'm so protective of you because mm-hmm. I don't want you to be hurt. And he'll just be like, okay, mom, you know, I know when you can't see me, you can't protect me. Like he's mm-hmm. really good about it. I like that. Um, and he tells Presley that all the time. She wanted to go to her friend's house the other day and he's like, sister, mom can't see you how is she gonna protect you like, and <laughs> my daughter so is just cute. like so like she doesn't you know I've she like, doesn't and, i've actually heard him say that yeah before. he's very he like he knows and um yeah i mean i mean, think it's good that i i mean i kind of feel bad sometimes that i'm kind of you know putting the scary thoughts in his head mm-hmm. that the world isn't a good him. place and but he'll yeah. Understand yeah yeah exactly sure. and i'm just hoping it you know it ends up not making me feel like that crazy, making him think I'm that like crazy protective mom, right. but that I'm doing it out of I love think you're and protection. It well too, yeah. Like, so he understood that. Was like, don't do that, and you can't do this just because I said. Yeah, that. You know, exactly. And I think it's important that you're going into detail. Like, I, there's people out there, and that's just right. You know. And I think, and I'm really good about that because I, 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 I've always hated like when parents are kind of like, well, because it's I'm the mom and it's the roles. Yeah. You know what I mean? We hate that. Yeah. We were just, just talking about Yeah. That. Like, I just, for me, personally, you know, sometimes if I, he's like, well, why can't I have candy? Because I said so, and it's bedtime. You know, that's yeah. different. But, like, if he wants to know a legit reason, like, Mom, why am I not allowed to go have a sleepover at this person's house? Because he has asked me that before. I feel like it's very important to be, like I said, and I've told him, what if it's not the dad that hurts you? I said, what if it's the brother or the sister? Mm-hmm. I said, but I don't know. You never know. You don't mm-hmm. know. You don't, you can't trust everybody. Right. And that's the, I mean, I just feel like it's really important to kind of have those conversations with your kids and be very upfront about it. I saw this thing. It says, talk to your children about sexual abuse. They can handle it. What they can't handle is being sexually abused. Exactly. That's, that's so true. Exactly. And he, him and my daughter both know, like, we've had those talks like these are your private parts mm-hmm. yep. nobody sees those private parts you know nobody touches those private parts if anybody ever touches those private parts you tell me and dad right. if anything if anybody ever does anything to you or makes you feel uncomfortable you tell us even if they tell you not to it's yeah. okay you can trust me you know mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. um my daughter is kind of at that age where she doesn't really fully understand like mm-hmm. being conservative so she's out there in a dress doing cartwheels you know so I've made it clear like when you wear a dress you wear shorts underneath and I just kind of made those things like you don't want you don't want you don't want anybody to see your private parts those are your parts and I've told her you're like you don't let anybody touch those unless mommy's helping you use the restroom like period I help you use the restroom and that's it like I said earlier like my husband won't even help her use the restroom like he will not he will show her how to use the toilet paper and roll it for her and then he leaves the room like he won't let he won't do it for her and I think that that's good. And even as brother and sister, uh, sometimes I worry that I'm kind of putting things in her, their head or something. But then when I think about it, I'm, I'm glad I do it. Um, I'm teaching them boundaries with each other. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, your brother's in the restroom. Don't open the door when he's in the restroom. That's, that's his private time. Mm-hmm. You know, when your sister's in the shower, that's her private time. Don't open the shower door and talk to her. Right. You know what I mean? Even though they're completely harmless well, with each other. Yeah, they have no idea. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, those are the type of things. And I and I tell Cruz, you know, those are your sister's privates. You don't want to see, see those things. And vice versa, I tell Presley, hey, Bubba's in the restroom. You don't see his privates. You let him get dressed first before you go right. in there. 
you know. Um, so I definitely think that it's, it has to be age appropriate. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit there and go to my kids and be like, hey, be careful. You're gonna get, you could get sexually abused or, you right. know, have any of those conversations. But definitely as they get older, it's going to be, Adjust it's going to, gonna, yes, it's going to be oh, changed yeah. and it's going to be updated and they're going to be informed. And I think the biggest thing that parents need to have a, that relationship with their kids is like to let them tell you if something makes them uncomfortable. Let them Let tell them feel you. comfortable to tell you. Yes. Like and don't make them feel stupid. Don't make them feel scared. Don't question it. Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, what, what do you mean? Why would you feel that way? Don't question their feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very important that you validate and you do ask questions. Right. You, like, you reassure them that you've heard what they say. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's and so hard, too. Because with the busyness of life and things going like on, sometimes you're just like, what? Like, yeah. what are you talking about? And what? I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I definitely yeah. have my days where I have, like, no patience. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, I am a working mom. I work 30 hours a week in three days. I'm a nail tech. Do nails constantly. I do a podcast. And I've got two toddlers on top of a, of a house and a husband and, you know, all yeah, that. Everything. All of that. And I'm also doing school online. So, like, it's just... Chaos. So don't get me wrong. Sometimes I'm like, what? But I'm like, you've yeah. been telling me the story for 20 minutes like, <laughs> and you've gotten nowhere. Spit it you out. know what I mean? But it's, I mean, I think it's definitely important to sit down mm-hmm. with your kids, put your phone away, yeah. ask questions. Hey, bud, how was school? Or if something does kind of make you uncomfortable um, with a situation, hey, why did, did you kind of act different today with this person? Yeah. You know, ask those questions. And I think they'll straight up tell you, oh, I, oh, he just got mad at me. Or, Whatever they're going to tell you. Like, you need to open your ears and eyes enough to hear it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not something you want to hear. Right. And, I mean, I think that's that's the hardest part. But it's definitely needed, especially in this day and age. Agreed. And I just, you know, I try to do my best to sit down with my son. And, you know, my daughter, too, the best that she can comprehend. And the best that he can comprehend at their age. And ask him those things. I mean, my son came home from school the other day and told me about some kids at his charter school that were smoking. And, like, blew my mind. But, I mean, I guess this is, like, the day and age, and I guess that's what people do. But he was like, yeah, Mom. Like, they were smoking. And, I, you know, just tells me when he sees things that are not okay, mm-hmm. you know. And even yesterday, these boys were at the park, and they kept calling this um, little girl, her name was Ruby, and they kept calling her Booby. And they were teasing her, and they were throwing sand at her. And I looked over, my daughter goes, Booby is not her name. It is Ruby. And then she walks away. She goes, those boys are being bullies. Like, she like she knows. And so I think, like, the, even those little things of body awareness, confidence, awareness of people's, you know, behavior and social skills and things like that are so important to have those conversations with your kids. You know, my son knows, like, um, not to look at people differently because of their color or what they wear or the way they act. I mean, I told him, you don't have to be friends with everybody. But you need to be kind to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what he knows. Like, And he has had things like that where there was this kid and he was confused by the way he was. I don't know if he was a little bit slower. I'm not sure what the situation was. But he came home one day and told me that these kids were teasing him. And he told me that he walked into the lunchroom. You know, things like that that it's like, I'm doing something right. Yeah. Even if it's just these little things that I do in the five minutes a day yeah. that I have time. A lot of times we don't feel like we're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Right. If... The anything is working mom guilt is so real yes. where you're like okay 
I'm not doing enough. Like, am I yeah. doing enough? Am I even there for them? Did I even talk to them today? Like, uh-huh. just thinking about all of these things, and we're so hard on ourselves, I feel like. I mean, it's We're hard. expecting, we have our expectations up to the roof when we don't even need to be anywhere yeah. near We that. just need to be there. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like you said, the mom guilt, I mean, it's real. It's a real <laughs> thing. Like, I have days where I literally come home from work, and it's midnight, you know, whatever, and I just stare at them, and I'm just like, I feel horrible. Like, I haven't taken to the park in, like, a week. Oh gosh, yeah. I haven't done anything with them. Presley wanted to make pancakes with me this morning. I should have just let her. <laughs> I was in a hurry and made her eat cereal. Right. You know what I mean? Just, like, things like that. that and things. I go to work, and then I feel like the worst person in the world. Right. And, I mean, in this day and age, unfortunately, things, you can't just have one parent working. It just, mm-hmm. it's not like that anymore. Like, you have to both be doing things. Like, unfortunately... This world is, it's more expensive. It's, it has more needs. Mm-hmm. And now, very, very rarely are there, is there a stay-at-home parent? Because they have to be, either either going to school mm-hmm. to better themselves, to make money for their family, or they're, they're working and already doing those things. Right. And, I mean, all you can do is take it a day at a time. And that's all I do. Like, yesterday, I woke up, and I only had a couple nail clients, and I had, like, a three-hour period and I was like, you know what? I'm going to let them stay home from school today. And we're going to go to the park. Yeah. We're going to just like hang out. We're going to go so get Slurpees. Sometimes. And we're just going to slough the day and just spend time together. And it's those are the type of things that I feel like your kids are going to remember. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Those are the memories that your kids are going to remember. The family vacations, the time spent together. Whether it's going to a hotel for the weekend yeah. just to get out of the house or going camping or going to Disneyland. Like, it doesn't matter. It's those memories that they're going to that they're gonna remember. Right. You know? So I think just, yeah, having that open relationship and having those open conversations with your kids are the most important things. And we'll definitely go into that in a different episode kind of about having conversations about sexual abuse in the future. But yeah, for now, we'll kind of leave it at that. But I did want to kind of ask you guys a couple things about either of you struggle with postpartum depression. Um, I struggled really hard the moment I had him till honestly now. Like I have just barely found myself and barely started to take time for myself. Mm-hmm. I started to go to school it was really hard. Like, there was times where I cried, but I was just like, he could be way better off without me. Like, I'm such a bad mom. Like, mm-hmm. there were so many times I just, I told Kaden, can you just take him for, like, five minutes? Yeah. And I just cried, and I was just, it was so hard for me. Yeah. And I didn't, I'm such a, like, prideful person. Like, oh, everything's okay. Everything's fine. But I think that's just the, like, Utah County side of me because I grew up over there. Mm-hmm. And that everything's happy all the time. Yeah. And, um, it was really hard for me and I had to finally just open up and talk to my husband cause he knew he, he, he can read me very well, but, and also my family, they were just like, Hey, like you need, you need help. You need to do something for yourself or else you're going to get stuck in yeah. not knowing who you are and you're going to get even more down here. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's yeah. hard to deal with that because then you feel selfish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, why focus on myself? I have a kid. They need, right. they need me exactly. all the time. And you just don't ever know when the right time is to be like, okay, I can take a couple minutes. I can go to school and be yeah. away from them for a few hours because it's going to better us for the future. Like, like My first day of school, I came home and I was so sad. I <laughs> cried. I was like, I am so sorry for leaving you. But yeah. I, but then I'm back in my mind, I went away. I had fun. Yeah. Like, And yeah. he's okay. 
Well, and I and think he's not so. going to remember this. And probably. he's not going <laughs> to yeah. remember this. So. Exactly. And I think that the biggest thing too is like, I mean, I was a stay-at-home mom for, let me see, Presley's four. I was a stay-at-home mom until Cruz was four. So Presley's first two years and then Cruz's four years. And that's why, I mean, I don't know if I would say I'd ever struggled with postpartum depression because I've always had kind of depression. So mm. I never was really sure if it was like, I'm just depressed again. I get very seasonal depression really bad too. Mm-hmm. In the winter, I get really bad. Um, so I never really knew. And both my kids, my son was September, my daughter was December. So those were kind of just bad times anyway. Right. So I wasn't really ever sure if it was postpartum or what it was. But I mean, at that, at some point, I had to just like ask for help. Yeah. And I think that was you know Bethany's thing too is, and I think this is a lot of moms' problems with mm-hmm. postpartum. Is they feel ashamed to ask for you help. Because you go on Instagram and all you see is these moms, moms taking their kids to the zoo and the park and they're shopping and they have their kids in a wagon and, and they're like, making little treats for the yeah, class. And they're, and they're just like, and what? How do you have time for that? Exactly. How do you have time to like craft and take care of your kids and make money? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Plus, it, it was very hard at being my age and seeing all the people that I went to school with and they're, oh, I'm going to Coachella this weekend or mm-hmm. I'm. You know, I'm and you're at home with I'm these responsibilities. In, yeah, and I'm at home in my pajamas that I wore for the past three days. It's fine. <laughs> no yeah. shower. Haven't showered in like four days, whatever. Yeah. yeah. No. And I think that's the thing is like, yeah, people in this day and age, like you said, social media yep. is mm-hmm. huge. And don't get me wrong, like I obviously am in social media. Yeah. And that's kind of what I work through and things like that. But God, social media is a bitch. And that is the only I way to, I can explain it. I was struggling so hard because like, oh my gosh, I don't have the body I used to have anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I am, my husband's not going to love me anymore because my body is just not yeah. how it was in high school and all this stuff. And I had to go through my Instagram and like unfollow all of those Instagram mm-hmm. models that That's I exactly know. What I, and I, I started looking like body positivity people that like looked like me, moms that looked like me and they weren't like, oh, today was a perfect day. I went, did this and did. I'm like, well, and the moms that are thin, why are they yeah. thin? They're thin because they're working at it, yeah. not because it's just happening. They're not just right. having a baby and then they well, have I don't a six-pack. I, was, I just wasn't that type of mom who bounced mm. back right away. Like, no, and I mean, let's be honest. Most of us aren't. Like, here I am, my son's six, and I've still got the same ass that I've had the entire time. <laughs> like, I mean, it's nothing's changed. It's I, I mean, I've worked out, and I've gotten, like, obviously smaller in ways, but it it's literally something you have to work with and yes. fight all the time. And it's so hard because the last thing you want to do is, all right, it's 10 o'clock, now I'm going to go to the gym. Exactly. Like, yeah. I have been to the gym, and I used to be really so good. Tired. I have been to the gym, like, Yeah, you're three so months. tired. All you want to do is just lay down, take off your ball, bra. Balls? <laughs> take off your balls. <laughs> take off your balls. Whatever it is that's pulling you down. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. But no, like, for real. And I think that's the thing with social media is it really is, can be our biggest enemy. Is yes. I mean, it can encourage you one minute and have, like, people, like she said, those influential people that can really lift you up. And then it can have people that are like, holy shit, I am not on the right track. Well, that's Seeing like, those moms, like you said, balance it all, these super yeah. moms. And you're like, how do they do it? Like I said, it's all I can't alive. even go to my son's field trip on Friday, like, because I'm so busy right now. You know what I mean? Like, those couple things. And, you know, sometimes I'll move things around and be able to, but sometimes you just, you just can't, can't do it. Yeah. And... Like, you know, like Bethany just said, it's just a lie. And that's okay. If that's how people want to live, then that's how they feel comfortable. I feel like us, just people in general, your mood and your motivation changes 
who knows by the second. Right. So one minute you're following these women. This is my motivation. This is what I want to be. And mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to work out and I'm going to do this. And then you have the days where you're just like, I can't function. Like I can't, I just went through my day. Mm-hmm. I haven't even thought about eating. We forget to mm-hmm. eat. And then yeah. it's like, oh, so they're still like that. And I haven't done anything today. So then you get down on yourself and it kind of just drags you all the way down yeah. and you just yeah. keep going down this hill. Well, like yesterday I went to the park with my kids, like I said, and I'm wearing like my biker shorts and like mm-hmm. a t-shirt and whatever and this mom comes up with her hair like a bob and her little cute jeans and like shirt she was all tan and makeup done and sunglasses like she's all on fleek and i'm over here like oh man don't even look at me like, that i'm was, embarrassed that was probably her one day that she's right like, well, but, like, i'm gonna that's get ready the thing. for the first time in three months exactly <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing know. is nobody knows what the other person's going through exactly. and that's exactly. the biggest thing in all of this is like Maybe she only has her kids today. Maybe mm-hmm. she's in a, in a ha, is going through a divorce and doesn't have her kids full time. Right. Um. So it's, she, she's able to get ready in the morning, mm-hmm. but yet she cries herself to sleep. Like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or some parents work really good and they have they have the money and they can hire a nanny mm-hmm. to do those things for you. Mm-hmm. Or you know, I mean, that's the thing is like nobody really knows what's behind social media. So true. And that's why the biggest thing for me is like, don't judge a mom that has a screaming child in a in a grocery store don't we've all been there we've all been there so embarrassed sweating in tears i was there this morning at black bear diner it was yeah and you're trying to like look around like everything's fine (laughs) but really like you're inside you're just like dying like oh my gosh why am i here like what am i doing this is why i don't leave the house you know what i mean (laughs) take you nowhere yeah exactly but i mean it's life and every parent goes through it Mm -hmm. every parent has gone through some type of thing like this and we can all relate. The problem is we need to all quit judging each other mm-hmm. with just how we keep it together. Have an open ear. Yeah, like, exactly. Um, see a mom crying. Hey, can I help you? Like your son's freaking out and this baby's taking off and this yeah. baby. Hey, you want me to help you with your groceries? Yeah. You need me to, you know what I mean? Anything. Exactly. Like just offer that hand because you never know like what's going on in their life. Mm-hmm. And But yeah, so... I'm so glad that you guys, you know, were here with me today and we're able to talk about this stuff. And it was so fun. It, it was. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't <laughs> need to really always be, like, super heavy. And um, that's what I'm excited about this podcast is we're going to have people from, you know, as moms, as people with depression, as people with eating disorders, people with just struggling day-to-day things. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't need to be something so heavy all the time. But if it is heavy, we're going to have those conversations. Nothing yes. is going to be... Like I off said, limits. yes, nothing's going to be off limits. And that's the biggest thing. Like, I don't want anything off limits. I want every topic from every situation to be able to be on this podcast. Yes. So um, we actually have some amazing guests coming up. Um, one of them is an actual reality TV star. I'm not going to mention her name yet just because I kind of want to make sure everything is for sure, you know, happens and follows through. But on May 15th, um, we will be recording with her. And I'm super excited. I think that she has an amazing story of addiction, um, kind of just being in the light of, like, you know, celebrity life and all that stuff. And she was an um, addict, a heroin addict and other things. And so it's going to be really, really cool to kind of have her on our podcast. Um, she also is a mom and has struggled with sexual abuse as a child also. So I'm super excited to have her on. Um, we also put on our social media, if you haven't followed yet, follow it. It's Candle in a Dark Room on Instagram and Facebook. Um, follow it because that is where we are going to start doing live um, Q&As and updates and t- letting you know, um, you know, just lives about what we're going to do for this week and things like that. 
So please follow us because that's the best way you're going to be informed about new episodes and things coming up. We actually just asked some people on social media that if you have a story that you want on our podcast, then please contact us on um, Facebook or Instagram and give us a little bit of a summary of kind of what your story is. We will be reviewing them all and then we will contact you if we, um, you know, you're willing to be on our podcast. I really just want real people, real situations, real problems to be here and kind of just all work through it together. Um, So yeah, follow our page and we're super excited for everything that's coming and thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you next time.